Are your kitchen and bathroom way overdue for a remodel? Well, I got the guy for you. Call John Sellers at First Response Contracting, 484-256-7136. Both residential and commercial services, and he's licensed and insured. Call him at 484-256-7136, First Response Contracting. Hello, this is Brad Wiseman, and you're listening to Real Estate and You where every time we get together, we try to bring up some topics about real estate that are important and things that you want to know. So uh, today I have a really good friend with me, and um, I've known her for quite some time. I'm going to say maybe 10 years, 15 years, maybe something like that. I don't know. But her name is Nicole Plank. She is from Georgiata Setley, say it correctly. And uh, her name is uh, Nicole Plank, like I said. And she's going to answer some questions about real estate law. So I want to dig into this right away. How are you doing, Nicole? I'm doing good. How are you, Brad? I'm doing great. So I have you in here to talk about some real estate law. Do you know anything about real estate law? I know a little. A little. <laughs> you know a little bit, right? I do. Just a, just a little. I've heard that. I've heard that. But um, yeah, I'm trying to think, how long have we known each other? I don't know. A long time. A long time. It is a long time. I used to follow you around when you were singing. Oh, gosh. That's a really long mm-hmm. time. Holy mackerel. Yeah, so I've known Nicole for quite some time and, um, you know, been good friends. We go out to dinner, things like that. And then she also is the attorney for our company, which is really great. She does a good job for us, and we're really happy with her. But I wanted to bring her in here today because we talk a lot about different things. You know, we did HVAC. We've done plumbing, things like that on the show. Um, but I wanted to get into law. You know, it's something maybe not everybody wants to talk about, but I think it's good stuff. It, what is it about that? Like when you say, oh, I want to talk about law, people go, oh, God, really? Most people just don't like lawyers. <laughs> but I do. I like you. I do. Because there's, you know, people are lawyers. Lawyers are people, you know, and that's just the way it is. But I think there's a lot of good stuff that we, we can gain from a conversation about real estate law. Um, we all live in a home at some point or another. And I think there's things we have to be careful with. So one of the things I wanted to start off with is we had this conversation not too long ago about the seller disclosure statement. And you had brought up something really, really interesting to me that I never thought about. And I'm not sure a lot of people have thought about that the agreement of sale for Pennsylvania does not really reference the seller's disclosure statement, maybe correctly or at all. It doesn't reference it at all. And in fact, because you're par form real estate agreement of sale is what's known as an integrated contract, meaning nothing agreed upon written or oral prior to entering into that agreement Mm -hmm. exists. So your seller's disclosure statement is your first step. And for people who don't know what that is, that's a document where this person who is selling the home outlines any known defects to the property to put the buyer on notice of any possible issues with the property. And once you sign that, then your next step is your agreement of sale. Right. Well, your agreement of sale says nothing you agreed upon before this document is part of this document. Mm -hmm. So one of the things, one of the tough things about law is it's always evolving. Right. I'm always learning. You go to law school they don't teach you law in law school. They teach your brain how to think like a lawyer. They reward Interesting. your brain. That's a great way. Of, that's a great way of saying it. You learn through practice and experience, and just living and researching for your clients as things come up. And when I discovered and was brought to my attention that this the seller's disclosure statement is not part of the agreement of sale, yeah, buyers scary, yeah. 
So that's that, that isn't, and you know, I'm 29 years in the business and, and I get what you're saying too, about the whole thing of like real estate, you know, we take a, a very e- not easy, but a, a real estate test, you know, when we first started whatever, and, and we learn a lot about real estate. Um, but you don't really learn until you're in the business. You don't know how to, how to find what you need, but that is interesting that in 29 years, I've never even thought about that. And when you brought it up to me, I think I went right back to the office and I looked at the agreement and say, I'm like, she's gotta be wrong. She can't be right here. There's no way. I trust her and she's good, but there's got to be something here. And I went down through and I tried to find what you were talking about. And it's it's just not there. It's it's almost like an implied or, but that doesn't no. work. That doesn't work when you're up against a judge. It's not even implied. It physically, because you, as you know, I think it's paragraph 26 is your release paragraph. Right. So it even releases representations. Amazing. So it truly is cut out. So yeah, yeah. one of the things that I've been telling my clients like yourself mm-hmm. who either own real estate companies or are agents is if you're representing the buyers, you have on your last page of your par form, the little boxes that you can check mm-hmm. what's part of this agreement. Yeah, yeah I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Check the box and write in seller's disclosure statement if you're the buyer's agent, because you need your buyer to be able to rely upon that document mm-hmm. after closing. Yeah. They have to be able to rely on it. And what's funny, we have that there for sale and settlement of other property. We have it in there for appraisal contingency. We have that box there for all those different things, but we don't have it for that. So that's something that that is good information. So for a buyer, we should really have that in there. We should make sure that that's in there. Great information. Love it. Okay. So now let's go into the next topic. You know, I had a couple things that I wanted to cover in here. One of the things was, okay, you're married and, um, it doesn't work out so well and there's a split up. Okay. What, what should I know as a realtor? What do I need to know? And I'm working with a, a married couple that is no longer going to be married. One of the most important things as realtors is make sure that your listing agreement is signed by both husband and wife. Okay. Don't represent just one or the other. You don't want to make yourself a party to their divorce. Gotcha. You need to sell the house. Typically in, 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 in a marital estate, the biggest asset typically is the house. Right. So you want to make sure that you get that thing sold. Obviously, best possible price you can get, but you need to get it sold. Yeah. And if you're only working with one and you enter into an agreement of sale, you've got a buyer, you've negotiated the price, and now all of a sudden they got to get the signature of the other spouse and they didn't agree to any of it. Doesn't sound good. It's a mess. (laughs) It does sound like a mess. Yeah. You're possibly being drugged into court, possibly being looked to someone who's dishonest. So you want to understand and have both parties on everything you do, communicate with both, emails to both, listings to both, make sure, and if they have attorneys, make sure their attorneys are involved because the attorneys typically get along way better than the the two people getting divorced. (laughs) That's pretty interesting, right? And a lot of times in (laughs) divorce situations, because there's no longer, well, they don't like each other, typically. Right, right, typically. They will fight over the dumbest thing. Oh yeah, absolutely. And if you have the attorneys involved, the attorneys can control yeah. their clients, tell their clients they're idiots. Yeah. Tell them you're Don't worry about this. the dog. Yeah. The dog will be fine. <laughs> the dog's going to be fine. There's no reason to put yeah. that in the, in the post knob. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Got it. Y- you have to make sure that you use sound or more reasonably sound emotionally, you know, detached, detached yeah. humans yeah. who are going to say they don't want, they don't like the cut, the color of that bedroom you painted sparkly blue. They'd like us to repaint it. Yeah. Right. Right. (laughs) That's the stuff. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Well, what's funny about that. And I, you know, without even talking to you, I've dealt with uh, divorce situations many times in my career. And I always felt that, you know what, I have to let both of them know. I work for both of you 100%. Mm -hmm. 
You know, so there's no favoritism here. There's no like, so if you're saying to me, Hey, you know what? Don't tell her that. Well, that doesn't work with me. You know, I Don't can't do, do that. that. No, I can't do that. And I always felt that, you know, I got to be, I'm, I'm to both of you guys. You know, it's, it's, it's a tough situation, but. Somebody's got to do it, right? Yeah, and I'm t- if you have one of the sides saying, "Don't tell her that," yeah, you got to be honest and say, "I'm, I'm actually no, I'm yeah. not doing that." Uh, so if that's what you want to do, then, then I'm, I'm, I'm not the I'm person. Out I'm not the person for you, exactly. Because yeah. I don't want to be a yeah, party next to thing, divorce. Yeah, exactly. That's the last thing I would want as, as a realtor to be part of that divorce. That's not fun. Well, yeah, or or possibly a fraud situation where someone's bringing disciplinary action against yeah. you. Oh Just gosh! Be, yeah, you don't need it. No, and emotional, absolutely not. Yeah, emotional people that are going through divorces, they will lash out at anybody they can get to. And I know that. <laughs> I know that. Experience. <laughs> Experience. Hmm. Uh, moving on. <laughs> All right. So the next thing, I, what I thought about today or yesterday, when I was jotting down some notes about law and things like that, the townships. Uh, we have a bunch of township inspections, borough inspections. And it's, it's just interesting how they kind of get involved in our, our transactions. You know, we were told from the state that they can't hold up our transactions anymore. And I, I, there was something passed about that. But what do you, how do you feel about that? I mean, I know you represent probably townships too, so you have to watch what you say. I do. My firm represents quite a few yeah. of the municipalities. And what I would say is the municipalities are all over the place on this. Yeah. Some want to be involved. Right. And Looking at both sides, okay, the reason why a municipality would want to be involved is because of not wanting to have slumlord, disgusting places in their township. When a property is being sold, the municipalities figured out, this is a way for me to get in there Mm -hmm. to make sure, but you can't spot check. You've got to do it across the board. So I see the municipality side of it with Mm -hmm. wanting to make sure that they keep their neighborhood safe, keep their housing up, their values up. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, when you're selling a property, it's your home. And you've agreed with your buyer what inspections they want. And now let's say they're having home inspection. Yeah. Why does the municipality also have to do their inspection? Why can't they just rely on the home inspector who probably did his checklist is probably more exorbitant than the – townships. Yeah. And I think I, that's the kind of the way I think we've been hearing rumors in, in the real estate world. Cause we're very involved as a board. We're very involved with these decisions that get made. Cause you know, obviously we want to protect the owner's rights, uh, the homeowner's rights. And uh, I think one of the things that we're starting to see talked about is that kind of a situation that if there's an inspection on the property, then there, is there really a need to do another inspection Correct. You know, on the property? If there's none, no inspections, then yeah. I mean, then looking for tripping hazards on the sidewalk and, and looking for something that is unsafe to the uh, – that's not safe to the public. Correct. That makes sense to me. That totally makes sense to me. I think the problem is, like you said, they're trying to do a, they're trying to do a one-size-fits-all. For some people, that gets to be a little – a lot. I can absolutely understand it in a sale of property that is commercial or is yeah. being used to, oh, yeah. to rent. Definitely. If you're going to be renting it, I can absolutely see because in that situation, a lot of times there aren't inspections by buyers. A lot right. of times buyers right. in commercial Don't, leave inspections. Exactly. I Then I think the township absolutely has a right to come in because it's a rental situation. Human beings are going to be going in there that don't own the property and right. don't have all the rights that a homeowner does. It's a liability. Makes perfect sense. Yep. But sales between homeowners, 
if there is a home inspection, I think the township should be able to, without a doubt, rely upon the inspection that is already paid for yeah. and shouldn't be charging another inspection fee. fee. Yeah. And yeah. I think it can – and now if there isn't an inspection, then they could set the regulations or all realtors would know yeah, that absolutely. you've got to do the inspection for the township then. Yep, absolutely. And I, and I, I think that's something that we're hoping to get – Get moving, get some kind of uh, some kind of a push on that. That's and, what we're working on. And the one thing the realtors need to always understand is call the township, yeah. the municipality. If you don't know, yeah. call because Absolutely. that can hold your closing up, and you could lose mortgages because you now you got to hold for three weeks to get an inspection done by the township. Yep. Yep. Get it done. Make yeah, sure yeah. You know. No, I think I think that's one of the things that, and I think what today actually we usually have a list of of the the municipalities that do it, and it is funny because they're all different. I mean, so one's outside, different. one's inside and outside. One's just this, one's just that. There's one that does that really cares about. Like I know Wernersville Borough, a lot of it has to do with the uh, the uh, the backup valve or whatever the thing on the sewer. What the heck's it called? The backflow preventer. <laughs> that's something in the sewer. You know, so that's their big thing because there was a lot of older homes up there that didn't have that, and it was com- becoming a problem. So it's just interesting how that works. So the next thing was um, we talked about title a little bit. Somebody not married couple goes to get to buy a home. They're going to get married, but go to buy a house. How do they take title? What are the different ways they should take, they should think or things that they should think about with taking title. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Are you tired of looking at your car covered in road salt and winter grime or not quite getting the results you would like to see from the car wash? Well, I've got just the solution for you. The Detail Shop, your go-to destination for premium auto detailing. Well, first of all, people who are going to buy a house that are not married. Yes. And think they're going to get married. There's a really, really, really good chance they're not. I think I know where you're going. They're not going to get married. You got very, very direct on that. I'll tell you. There's a very good chance that after you move in, it's going to be over. You're not getting. I never. I never knew they put their toothbrush down like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's a lot of things to think about when you're buying a house with someone that you're not married to, whether yeah. it be a, a person that you're contemplating marriage or a business arrangement or what. Yep. So we'll start with if it's contemplating marriage. Yeah. Thought processes with me. Mm-hmm. Who's putting the money into it? Right. If you're both putting the money into it, you know what? Both names deserve to be on that property. Right. And then I'll, we'll come back to how to title that. Yeah. If one person's putting the money in, why does the other person's name need to be on it? Yeah. If you're not married, it doesn't need to be on. Got it. This and this it, is not for the faint at heart, this section right here. <laughs> no, this is for- This is where it gets real serious, just smart. so you know. Be smart. Be smart. <laughs> so, you know, I get you're in love. Yay, yay, yay. But crap happens. Yeah. And now you put their name on the house. You didn't get married. Guess what? Yeah. You're in court if they don't agree to remove their name. Yep. And it's a, it's a very costly. Yep. Not, it's not easy to get out of or you know, it's not easy to, to, to solve that. Oh, no. It's yeah. a partition action. You have to have a judge agree. Yeah. And you're going to not only pay for the legal fees, you're going to write them a check. Oh, yeah. Right. To get out of the house you right. bought. Exactly. So it's just not – it no. makes no sense I, I to agree. me. No, I agree. And – now, if you get to that step where you actually make it down the aisle, mm-hmm. prenup. 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 Got it. Nobody likes to hear that either. Nobody likes to hear it. But <laughs> when more than 50% of marriages end in divorce, yeah. your odds of getting divorced are pretty darn good. Yeah. 
we're, so. we're going to have Dr. Phil on after this, just so you know. <laughs> I have him signed up for after you in here, to just everybody. to kind of help everybody with the show. Because they're just going to be like, it's okay. It's, it's okay. okay. It's okay. <laughs> Reality is okay. Uh, I'm sitting here squirming, and I'm, and I'm good. I... I <laughs> I don't know why I'm like squirming around here. Yeah, no. So, no, so go ahead. Go so ahead. Pre- prenup, deal in the prenup with the house. Now, yeah. if it's important for the person that you are marrying to have their name put on the house, you've got a prenup that deals with who gets the house in the event of the divorce, mm-hmm. how the equity of is dealt with in the event of divorce. It's all spelled out. Prenups are still a legal document. Yeah. You can still challenge them, but at least you've got a base. Yeah. It's an understanding on paper ahead of time. Correct. Yeah, before before shit hits the fan. Correct. Yeah, I got it. Now, we'll go back to people both putting money in, both equally buying this home. Yes. Okay. You're not married. Right. Things to think about. There are, if you're not married, there's two ways to own title to, re- to real estate, which mm-hmm. is tenants in common mm-hmm. or joint with right of survivorship. Mm-hmm. Big differences. So tenants in common means if one passes, 50% of the value of that real estate goes to that person's estate. 50% remains. And then the person who remains, either they sell the property, they've split the proceeds, or they buy the other. Can the estate make them sell the house? You know what I mean? Like, what if the estate says, hey, I want to get my 50%? It gets really difficult because technically the estate owns it. The the estate could push and file a petition for, again, a sale. sale. Or or the equal or their their share based on appraisal or whatever. Right. And then the person buys them out. Gotcha. And the reason being is because estates have to close. Right. They can't stay open for forever. Right. So in with you want to think about doing and owning property if you're not yet married or it's a business arrangement as tenants in common. Mm-hmm. If you have children, mm-hmm. you know, you have people that that other person doesn't isn't their isn't their children. Right, right. And you want to make sure they're taken care of because again, remember, real estate is usually one of the biggest assets in your estate portfolio. Sure. It just is. So you you want to really think about how to title it because if you title it joint with right of survivorship, when you die, it automatically goes. passes to the other person outside of probate, outside of your estate. It right. just, go, it just and, goes. And you can't get a dime from that person. You're not entitled to a dime. Wow. So if your yeah. children, if you are expecting that your children, because you're not yet married to this person, if you are expecting your children to get something, yeah, they're, they're, not. Not. they're not. And- I will tell you, you might have might have thought you were marrying a really kind person who yeah. loved your children. Right. Guess what? They're not giving your children one dime. Uh, one dime. One dime. <laughs> one dime. Yeah, yeah. It's it's amazing how it changes, right? It things does. things change. Yeah, things so you, change. You know, it, you just have to. I always had the philosophy: if you are marrying a person who threw a fit over a prenup, or not having their name on the house, or and you're not yet married, but you're getting married, but you have assets before. And think long and hard. Yeah, right. Why? Right. It, why? I gotcha. Yeah. It's it's definitely something to think about. It should always be an adult. Yeah. It should always be an adult conversation. It yeah. should be a business type conversation. And then once you get married, it's it's marital property, right? Correct. Yeah. So then it so it really and, and I've told people that before, and is that once you get married, now you have it's marital property. Well, if you come in with, let's say you you own you own the home before, yep. before you and just got married. Gotcha. All right, and then you guys get married. Right. Your equity in the mm-hmm. home is yours. Gotcha. The equity that increases during marriage is marital. Right. Got she, it. She's in in state of Pennsylvania. She's automatically 
entitled to mm-hmm. 50%. Gotcha. Unless you have a prenup yep. that says, we agree that the equity is going to be. And the only time that that's fair is if, let's say, Jess was a stay-at-home mom instead mm-hmm. of an educated, hardworking woman. Yes, that okay. would be my wife. That's your wife. <laughs> so let's say, you know, and you were still paying 100% of the mortgage, 100% of the real estate, 100% of the upkeep, yeah. 100%. Not that being a stay-at-home mom is not, it's the craziest, hardest job in the world to me. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know how women – I don't know how some women successfully do it. I, I don't I – don't <laughs> Neither do I. I, I, I worship, it's a lot. worship It's a them, lot of work. Worship them. Yes. So, But you could put in the prenup that the equity remains yours. And then there can be other arrangements for alimony or, or payouts, things, right. pay, like money payouts instead yeah, yeah. of house payouts, things yeah, yeah. of that nature. Cool. So yeah, there's all kinds of things to think about, but real estate is, it's to me, it's a business transaction, maybe because I'm it, just a lawyer. No, but but it, it, at the end of the day, it is. It is a business transaction. I when, mean, we're, there's contracts involved. Right. There's, there's legal terms. There's all kinds. It's, it's a business transaction. There's money involved. Well, the, yeah, the whole thing with marriage is you go... It's a business contract. Then you're married, and you're, yep. you're you're married. But when you go to get divorced, it's another business transaction yeah. because yeah. now you're yeah. dividing assets. And that's with any relationship, whether it be a business relationship, or any kind of marriage uh, that happens. You know, I ha- so I, yeah, I got I got three partners. I I you know yeah, I got another marriage. Yeah, exactly. And I I, I know that know that feeling. <laughs> So, um, so the next, the last thing I want to talk about, some, there's a lot of people buying cash these days. And with that being said, uh, the question comes up, do they need title insurance? A lot of times, cause obviously when you have a lender involved, they have to get in title insurance. Cause it's the lender saying you're buying title insurance Correct. to insure my, um, investment. Here. Correct. So when somebody's buying cash, it's now their decision. The person purchasing is their decision. Do I want to have title insurance or do I need title insurance? What's your take on that? Absolutely. That's my take too. <laughs> I I cannot stress enough that you need title insurance. You I don't care that you just you did a title search. Yeah. And that yeah. search showed that you paid 125 bucks, you did a title search and that search shows that there's nothing there. Yeah. Well, the day after you close, something could be there. Yeah. And you won't know mm-hmm. until you go to sell. Right. And now not only where the there could possibly be judgments and liens and other yeah. things that show up, you could also now be which have six percent interest statutory mm-hmm. in the state of Pennsylvania accruing the wow. entire time. Yeah. And you could also now you also have a gap in insurance. Yeah. You, you ha- a yeah, gap. And that's the point that you brought up before we even went live is that I never realized, never thought about the gap. That of of insurance or the gap of title there because now you have nobody looked at it and now it's going to hear. And you know what came up to me while you were talking is we have a lot of problems uh, with the satisfaction pieces for mortgages because when the banks went from core states to Meridian or Meridian to core state, and there was homes being sold along that whole thing. Sometimes the satisfaction pieces didn't get recorded. If it happened the day that core states took over Meridian, who was responsible for recording it? Oh, it was a core state. So this Meridian. And I'll tell you what, we just had one recently. It was getting the point, um, and it was an estate. There was a mortgage that was never set, that was satisfied. We know it was satisfied, but it took a while for the title, our title company, to get proof yep. that it was satisfied. So when you do that gap, the longer you get away from that satisfaction piece that you're supposed to have or that was supposed to be recorded, the harder it yeah, is absolutely. to find it. And um, you know this. The statute says they they need to record that within sixty days. 
Yeah, and it doesn't it, it doesn't happen a lot. <laughs> a lot. It's a lot, yeah. And you're correct. Finding the right person mm-hmm. in a bank that or a financial institution that's been bought six times or merged six times yeah. and finding those records it's hard. That may have been sold four times that you didn't even know about because yeah, bundling exactly. and selling mortgages is, is a big business. Huge business. Yeah, yeah. It becomes very, very messy. So when you take a tap, tap, a gap in title insurance. <laughs> Are you ready for a beer or what? <laughs> I might be. <laughs> is it five o'clock? There's no taps in this show, just so you know. I should put one right here, right? <laughs> That would be good. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so yes, the gap, the gap in title. in title can make it massively difficult for you to then sell. And Got so it. to save yourself, what ends up, depending on the value, because title insurance is form, it's a formula. Sure, right. It's based on the, the value of the purchase price value. So, you know, you're anywhere from like $800 to $3,000 to save. Yeah. To then yeah, have it's, a it's, sale not go through. It's not worth it. I, not I, worth I just it. went through this. I had a guy that bought a piece of land from me and, and it, I actually had the buyer and he was like, I'm buying, I'm not, it's just a piece of land. I'm not going to buy, buy anything. And he said, the guy before me, I asked the seller and he had it searched and he said, everything was fine. And I said, well, here's my thing. When he was putting, doing the perk and probe, do we know if he paid the bill? Here's another thing. When they were clearing the trees, do we know if he paid the bill? You know, how do we know there's not liens against that property, that kind of lien Absolutely. on that property? And, and, and the property was was transferred. The person that owned it before, the, the guy that we were buying it from, it was in a family for 70 years. I mean, think about all that can go wrong in right. 70 years. So the guy that owned it, was he ever sued? Was there ever a, ju- ever a judgment uh, exactly. placed against him? I said to him, look, I said the, the title insurance on this piece of land was going to be like, it was going to be like 950 bucks. And I said, you know what? I, I'm telling you. This is the best $950 that you'll ever spend. And finally, I talked, I talked him into that, to doing that. And he did it. That's good. That's perfect advice. He needed. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So um, is there anything else you want to talk about? Because we are out of time. Are we? Yes. We talked for 25 minutes, believe it or not. Yeah. We were a little Gabby, little Gabby. We always are. (laughs) So uh, I want to thank you for coming out. Thank you for having me. And I appreciate it. And thanks for being our attorney and doing a great job for us. we, We appreciate that. And um, we'll have you back on. Maybe some do some more real estate law. What do you think? Love it. Yeah, it sounds good. All right. All right, there you have it. Nicole Plank from Georgiana Setley. Uh, great uh, attorney. She does a great job. If anybody needs anybody, definitely get in touch with her. She does awesome work. Um, and, um, well, I will see you soon. Thanks for listening. Are your kitchen and bathroom remodels a little overdue? Well, now's your chance to call First Response Contracting. John Sellers will take care of you. 484-256-7136. They do residential and commercial, and they're licensed and insured. Give them a call at 484-256-7136.